0: Well hello there, welcome back to another episode of Care to Explain. This is Boko on the Mic, and you'll notice, today we're doing things a little differently. My co-hosts are not present with me. Throughout this episode, you'll hear myself and Jenea, and I'll tell you why. So this episode is a follow-up to a series that we did in Season 1. And the name of the episodes were the confidence factor. So for those of you who did listen, that's wonderful. You get to have an update and also hear a few more questions that did not air previously. For those of you who have not listened, well, I strongly encourage you to go back and listen. Those were pretty great. So as a recap, we have, as our guest, we have Emma, who's a cognitive behavioral therapist from London. We have Austin, my dear friend, out of Seattle. We have Will from Cleveland, and we have Obed, my brother, aka Rio's dad, out of Perth, Australia. If you're ready, buckle up, let's go.
1: Do you think people perceive you as confident?
2: Do people perceive me as confident? Confident, sorry. Um, I will answer this question in in in.
1: Um... <laughs> okay, for everyone who can't see what's happening right now, he's wheeled or turning. On how can he not sound arrogant in his? That's person. exactly <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you are so wise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I wish people could see the recording of your thoughts, your wheels. Exactly. But I can literally see them connecting.
2: <laughs> That's exactly what was going through my head. How can I answer this without sounding like arrogant or cocky? Truth is, well, sure, some people can see me as confident or having like confidence, but for me, my confidence stems to the fact that whether you see me as confident or not, I actually do not care. Um, for me, it's about me that you cannot take away from my confidence. You cannot add to it. It's just me. It's just how I view myself, basically. So whether you see me as confident or not, it's irrelevant to the fact of how I see myself. I don't know if you've seen this picture of um, the cat looking at itself in the mirror and he sees a lion.
1: <laughs> I haven't seen it, but... oh,
2: it's so true because it's not about how others see you it's about how you see yourself and i think that's what is the biggest confidence so whether people see me as confident or not some people have told me they see me as a confident person but it's just past myself
1: so you see yourself as a confident person correct yes um so if people see you as someone who's confident how does that make you feel
2: I do not care. It doesn't add okay. it doesn't add or subtract my confidence level.
1: Because you're truly confident. so you don't need their validation that's what i hear
2: <laughs> you could say it like that but it sounds a little bit arrogant it's just that i don't, I don't it
1: does i don't mean it but i i mean it's true right a confident person doesn't need someone else's validation
2: yes i don't need other people acceptance or validation of myself or of my abilities if i know that. and again it comes to my definition of um confidence in the beginning, where it's my approach to things. So whether you believe that I can or cannot do something successfully, it's just for me to, it's just my mindset, basically.
1: Yeah, I hear that. I do. And I may have been joking, but I I truly do believe that if you can appreciate others' input, you can appreciate the fact that the work you've done and what has gotten you to this point that other people observe it. I think you can appreciate something without being arrogant about it. So, but it is true. If you're truly confident, you're not looking to see like, is everyone seeing what I'm doing? (laughs) You know, you're not looking, you're not looking for that validation that like, yep, I'm confident because everybody sees me as confident. Precisely.
0: Let me just interject there and say, Obed, I don't think you're that confident. But then again, it could just be me because I'm your sister and I'm a little bit of a hater. But anyways, I'm just messing with you. I'm just joshing. So how about we listen to Will and see how he answers that same question?
1: Do you think that people perceive you as being a confident person?
3: Yes, they do. And that's unfortunate. Um, I'm actually, I I try to change that. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, they they do. And it's something I, I don't, believe that I, I try to show it just happens. And it's it's unfortunate. I really don't I don't like it that much, to be honest.
1: Um so you answered the other two parts to this question, which was how do you feel about it? The fact that people see you as confident and then do you agree with it? Um do you agree with it that that you're a confident person or what they're seeing as being confident? Do you agree that that's like real?
3: Um, I I agree with it to a point. Um, What they're saying is real, but I think our lenses are different because I'm a factual person. I can't Mm -hmm. say I'm a confident person. I'm a factual person. I know one plus one must equal two. Um, you know, um, what is it? Blue and yellow equals green. Like, I I, I know these things for sure. And so um, pretty much I like to deal in facts. I'm not a science fiction guy. I'm not a, you know, <laughs> Dreamer, <laughs> um, I like to deal in fact, which may lead to you know, oh, he's pretty confident about this, or let's even say, style of dress. I might know, okay, this looks well for me, this is okay for me, and which may lead to confidence. Oh, I like the way you da, 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 da. okay. Well, thank you, I, I really appreciate that. Oh, he dresses with confidence. No, I I got many bad looks, but this one just looks well for me. I'm thinking in my head, but it may exude a confidence that I don't really, I don't have. I just, I deal in facts.
1: That's a good point too, because it is true. And, you know, coming from a female perspective and talking to my other girlfriends, we do feel more confident if we think we look good that day. Like we do put a lot of importance, not like we as in girls, but like we as in humans do put a lot of importance on, you know, how together we look that day. And that in and of itself can determine whether or not we feel confident that day or not. So that's an excellent point. And I have too much pride to be leaving my house looking like a mess So that makes sense why people think I'm up here all confident and stuff. (laughs) But I do have days where I don't feel like, okay, this is how I wanted to look today. It isn't how I wanted to look. And those days will kind of mess with me a little bit. And I always think of those as being more like self-esteem related. But, you know, as you're speaking, I'm thinking, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe that is the reason why, because I'm not feeling confidence. I'm not exuding confidence, but it's interesting do you think that people perceive you as a confident person yes how do you feel about Um, that um i've been
4: (laughs) i've been accused of being overconfident before
1: (laughs) and why Um, do you think people accuse you of being overconfident
4: um i really don't um yeah, I've been accused of being overconfident or like full of myself or this, that, and the other.
1: Maybe it's a zip code thing. Yeah, I'm
4: not really sure. I think once you sit down and have a conversation, I mean, that's not really the case at all. Um, yeah. I would
0: agree. Oh,
4: what you said there. Okay. I just got it. Zip code thing for sure. Definitely. That's what I was, ties back into what I was saying about, you know, my environment and, uh, you know, it really took me taking a few trips and being around people that I didn't know that well. And I was like, oh man, it's yes. so much more normal. I'll never forget, I got on a plane, I went to Atlanta. Uh, I was only there for pretty much two days. And I had more masked, down-to-earth <laughs> interactions than, I only say mask because it was during covid times anyways um long story short i just felt that you know the, it's just the energy was just totally different and that's when i realized when i got back i was like oh man okay i get it now like i've been somewhere else and i see it like crystal clear
1: you felt more at home yeah, absolutely, being being amongst other people who if they lived here, it would be perceived as having too much confidence. But being there, you were just amongst others with confidence. We're
4: like, it's just like totally different. Even right down to simple stuff like, um, like taking pictures. <laughs> something so simple as taking pictures, going somewhere with no agenda, and seeing something and being like. Let's stop and take a picture of that. Or let's go in uh oh, oh, oh man, dude, stay, stay right there. I got you, that looks good. Confidence currency exchange was equal. There was nothing awkward about doing what is otherwise normal. Um, because yeah, For several reasons. But yeah, you know, stuff like that. Simple stuff like that.
1: Being being feeling as if others... Well, I guess you say it's not a feeling. People have told you that you have too much confidence. So do you ever feel the need to play small
4: because Um, of that? No, not anymore. When you find yourself giggling at stuff you don't actually find funny, kind of nodding along and almost like this tacit approval of things that you actually don't really approve of because... You want to keep other people comfortable because you might not have a mid ground.
1: Do you agree with others in viewing you as a confident person?
4: Um, I think so now. Yeah, now I do. I think if you would ask me that same question, maybe two years ago or anytime before that, probably not. An interesting note about confidence: people when they look at you, they need to define its source on a visual and an intellectual level because they want it. They either want it or they respect it and they have some of it themselves. So I feel like people view me as confident for reasons that aren't actually the source of my confidence.
1: Where do you think your confidence comes from?
4: My confidence comes from the people that I come from, my family, the conversations and the interactions and the comfort level that we have worked to maintain with with one another. My friends, I'm talking family friends, people that have been around multiple family members for multiple years, it comes from that. If I had to do a percentage, I would say that's probably like 60, 70% is your origins, my origins. And I realize that that's not everybody's story, but you know, I've been called bougie 10 times (laughs) for one, but at the end of the day, I'm down to earth. I like to have a good time. I like to have good quality interactions and uh, everybody does for that matter. Some of us live in, in a world where they don't have that and they don't realize it. They've literally never experienced it.
1: So do you believe that people's perception of, you know, trying to, trying to qualify your, um, <laughs> your confidence, do you feel like their perception of where they think it might come from is inaccurate or do you think it plays a role? I mean, in it, where it's it
4: some from? of it, but. And people don't be knowing you, thinking they got you figured
1: out. So if people think that you have too much confidence, what would be another word for that? Do they think you're fully yourself? Is that what you mean by like confidence? Do they think that you talk a bigger game than you're capable of producing? Um, Because obviously, if they are judging where your confidence comes from falsely, and they're judging the amount of confidence you have as falsely, then that just means they're straight up just judging you Hey, you know what?
4: (laughs) It's pretty pretty straightforward. Sometimes they might be judging you that way because that might be what you're showing them.
1: Well, so this is about you personally, obviously, but do you think people perceive you as confident? And how do you feel about it? I I shouldn't even ask, but do you agree with it? (laughs) (laughs)
5: um that's interesting in different in different circumstances maybe um so for example if I have to put on a role so at work if I'm a manager then I'm pretty much quite you know a manager I guess so in that way I'm not I'm perceived as in a certain way but there might just be a role that I'm putting on in that one situation for example it's completely different to if I'm looking after my niece I'm then disabled completely don't know what to do not confident (laughs) in any decision I'm making everything is wrong apparently and yeah I I don't really know much I'm learning as I go Um, so it just depends on the situation whether I would be regarded as confident by others I'm not too sure Um, But I certainly know that in different situations, I respond differently to what's around me. Um, But I also think in certain situations, um, as a therapist, being confident is important for who I'm talking to. Um, Someone who's not confident, it would not be great therapy. (laughs) So there's there's something about actually that person trusting that, you know, you're going to hold what they're giving you with empathy but also with a level of respect and know what to do with it as well. So hopefully in a way that confidence, that word confidence that some people do feel they have that in me in certain arenas, that would be helpful. Um, But I don't know.
1: Um, So I would say I always saw you as being confident and very much like, I guess in the sense of describing your confidence, it was like you own who you are, you're comfortable with who you are. And that's kind of how I always, like, you're, you come across as very authentic and genuine. And to me, that is a level of confidence, right? Like, you're not putting anything on, maybe in your manager roles you are, but you weren't managing me, or maybe you were managing me. Actually, I think, I think there was a few times you did manage me, actually. (laughs) i think there was a few times we were like oh jenay it's time for bed <laughs> it's time for you to not continue opening your mouth because
5: you're saying everything. um but <laughs> which is Thank authenticity you. is something i would assign to you so that i wonder how you feel about that yourself um because oh. being authentic and being genuine and sincere is what to me draws me to you as a friend It's that what you give out is not what a lot of people can do be that authentic so
1: well then i guess by my own description and definition then i am in fact a confident person huh wow, there you never go. thought of that <laughs> like i do know that i come across that way and i i i have take it's taken time for me to own who i am and i mm. do just i i like who i am you know and after the pandemic and being stuck with myself for 3 months alone yeah. i decided i'm incredibly yeah. fun to hang out with cuz i was cracking myself up and i never once got bored of myself yeah. so obviously <laughs> obviously i'm a great person to hang out with <laughs> but no yeah, i um But no, I definitely, it's taken a lot, but I've spent time owning who I am because I know I'm not your average person following all the rules of, you know, communication and interactions. Like, I know that I have my own flavor and spice. I'm aware of that. And so instead of suppressing it, I just kind of own it and I work on, you know, making it softer because I'm not always the softest of people. So, (laughs) Um, but in the meantime, yeah, I guess, yeah. Well, there we go. Mind blown again. I guess I am confident.
0: Well, I think I agree with what Emma had to say. That confidence can also depend on the situation. That was good. So why don't we continue and talk to Obed and Austin um, about how confidence affected the moving or how moving affected their confidence. So a little background, Austin moved from one side of the United States to the other, and Obed moved from the motherland to the States. So let's hear what they have to say.
1: Has it always been there for you? Okay, so let's talk about when it wasn't. What was that like? Well,
4: you know, the thing that I come to realize as I've reflected on my coming, coming into my own is that I was, oftentimes I went, I, I my environment changed drastically. I went from being in and, and the formative years where you're developing your social skills and your, uh, you know, the time period where you care. You know how you fit in and all this other, all this other stuff so those time periods those developing years <clears throat> i was either the whitest talking black kid in the black community or i was the only black kid in the white community and then on top of that one of those was partially city environment urban environment and then From that, it was the suburbs of Edmonds. I mean, it couldn't be any more different in demographics. So, the confidence that came from those time periods took a while to build up because, like you were saying, when you go through things, then that's when you build confidence. Well, being the complete oddball and having to not only perform um, scholastically, uh, there was a cultural standard that I always felt that I had to keep in both environments. Because realistically I was learning from two extreme opposites. I was going from places where all of my peers were happy with, uh, Bonneville, uh, Cavalier, especially an Impala. If you had an Impala, you, you were, you were good. And this is not (laughs) in in no way to, to throw any shade at all. This would, these, this, these were the standards and it was fine. And there's excellence in that. And then I get on a plane and then we move and all of a sudden I'm in Edmonds where all my classmates are driving Mercedes, and <laughs> all their dads are sitting on at least a quarter mil, five hundred thou. They're going and doing stuff that I had never experienced before. So I was the oddball, yeah. And that that ended up that confidence ended up <clears throat> ended up snowballing and coming out. I feel much later by realizing that I had learned to adapt in multiple environments.
1: Okay. So, um, think back to when you moved to the U.S. You were what? 14? 15. 15. Um, thinking back to your 15 year old self, how did you like, do you feel like confidence was a factor in your experience to acclimate here?
2: Um, At first, no, but then in hindsight, yes, Um, because again, you're out of your comfort zone and I think each time and every time that you're out of your comfort zone, you build confidence, whether you realize it or not. Once you step out of your confidence zone, where you feel like you don't know what you're doing or you don't know where you are or you have no um, guide, basically, or no compass in those moments is when you actually build confidence. Um, While you're going through it, you might not realize it because it all feels so strange and so out of the world to you, but you go through it and you look back and you can definitely see how it has impacted your life and how it was a confidence booster to go through those um, moments or those phases of uncertainty and, So yes, I would say that coming to the U.S. at that young age, um, not having any uh, friends or any reference based on your social or whatever compass that I had before has definitely helped also build the confidence.
1: Thanks for sharing that. Um, Yeah, that's definitely an area I have zero perspective on. I can only imagine what that would be like i do think when you're a teenager you're so uncomfortable in your own skin anyway awesome. so why not add moving to another country and a whole new culture and language <laughs> why not
2: <laughs> i would actually say also yeah that's a good point actually because even learning a different language has really helped um because that's again stepping outside of your comfort zone you don't know what you're saying you don't you're not so much worried about being correct. You're just trying to do whatever you can or make yourself understood basically to the best of your ability. So I would say that even learning a new language is like a confidence booster. Learning any new skills, any new trade, any new thing gives you that confidence.
0: I'd also like, to add on to what Obed had to say about moving to the United States, because I also did move with him around that same time. Um, moving or doing anything new can take a toll on your confidence, right? Because you're somewhere, you speak the language, you have all your friends, you know the costumes, you're familiar with, you know, the slang and everything and, you know, what to wear or, you know, everything like that. And then you move somewhere completely different. The language is different. The way people dress is different. The way they they talk, you know, the way they dress, and now they're seeing you differently. You're, You're not stupid, but because you're not able to express yourself, they might think so. And so, you know, to like pull yourself out of that and, and you know, really take on or become yourself all over again. You know, the person that you used to be in that environment, you know, where you felt comfortable, that takes a lot of confidence to come out of it. And granted, you know, they say children are resilient. Um, you know, some may agree, some may not agree, but as as, you know, a teenager, It does hurt, but you do bounce back from it and it does make you, you know, a better adult. I think, well, at least it made me a better adult. (laughs) So this next question is specifically to Abed and you'll hear why. Take a listen.
1: There's a few things that I know about you personally. And I know that you lost a ton of weight at some point in your life. How much, how much have you lost total? I've
2: lost uh, 175 pounds.
1: See, that's like insanity. (laughs) Like like, people just don't do that. You know what I mean? Like that's a very special thing to be able to say that it's amazing. Um, and you have a whole Instagram page dedicated to that journey. So obviously you feel good about that journey. Um, do you feel that confidence played a factor in being able to um and if it wasn't what was needed to be able to succeed do you feel like you gained confidence through that process and before you lost the weight was being heavier a source of of, like was it affecting your confidence So I know it's a lot to unpack there, but just whatever direction you want to go. No, good question.
2: I feel like my weight loss has definitely helped me. I would say my confidence has helped me achieve my weight loss. Because when it comes to weight loss, as many of you may know, it's like a battle with yourself, with your thoughts, and you just sit there and you're like, I cannot do this. I'm never going to be able to do this. I cannot do this. And you have to talk yourself, basically challenge your thoughts, and challenge yourself. And I feel like confidence has really helped me with that because I was thinking to myself, why can I not do this? And again, I'm not the type of person that says I cannot. So I have to challenge my own thoughts and think, why can I not do this? And whenever I have that doubt in myself of I cannot do something, I take a step back and I ask myself again, why can I not do this? because I hate telling myself that I cannot do something, I cannot do anything, so I challenge myself. I have to um, basically affirm my own value that I'm capable of this, I can do this. So I would say that it has really helped me, um, confidence has really helped me achieve my weight loss. Before my weight loss, did I lack confidence? No, I think it was uh, more of a health thing where, I think people tell me that I've kept the same smile before or after and the same attitudes. And I think it's just one of those things where actually confidence has helped me achieve that because I was thinking that I can do this. Why can I not do this? And I'm giving myself the affirmation and approval that I needed that I can do this basically.
1: I appreciate you saying that because I know – in my own battles with my weight loss and everything I've dealt with, like there is this idea that like, Oh, I will be confident if, but maybe that gets more into the self-esteem realm than it does the confidence realm. Um, so I appreciate you really. And I, and I, I mentioned my own experience because I feel like I'm not unique in that. I think a lot of people feel like once they achieve X, Y, Z, then they'll feel ABC. You know what I mean? Like, really, but if you already have that ABC thing going on, then achieving XYZ will be easier, is what it sounds like. You just have to really tap into whatever that is, is what I'm hearing from you. Um, is there anything else you can say about, like, when you were at your heaviest, you didn't lack confidence, is what it sounds like. I mean, and I've met you and seen... You know, your weight go up and down. So, um, and I would say that throughout the whole time, yes, you've always displayed a certain level <laughs> of confidence. I, I don't know if at all times it was... Uh, a truly felt confidence or not but uh you definitely have always had the same smile and you've always had the same ridiculous questions to people so (laughs) i know for a fact that you have embodied enough confidence to ask people crazy things um so but at your heaviest do you you feel like your confidence wasn't affected at all or was it or was it more of like a happiness thing or an energetic thing or a self-esteem thing? Do you think there was any difference? Yes,
2: the there was a difference. And I actually lied earlier. So at my heaviest, I was four hundred and fifty-eight pounds and I'm down to two sixty-five. So that's almost two hundred pounds. That's one hundred and ninety-three pounds. So
1: that's amazing. Thank you.
2: So to answer the question, yes, self esteem gonna take a tolls or gonna is a little bit imp- impacted um, because you think you look at yourself and you're like, I can be better than this. Like, who is this person? Like you don't recognize yourself sometimes where self-esteem can take a toll on your confidence where you're thinking like, oh man, this is not the best version of yourself. And you know, it's yourself basically. So that's when you start doubting yourself and that's when you start talking yourself down and out of things. And that's how your confidence get impacted. Um, On the flip side, I would say that, um, what was the other thing you asked?
1: Uh, happiness, self-esteem, energetic. Those yes. were the three factors I threw.
2: Happiness, I would say, um, is one of those things Like confidence is stems from within. So I would say that although I was a very large person and overweight, even obese, morbidly obese. I would say that um, I was still happy inside and I still had the confidence inside. The self-esteem, maybe that's where it differs, not so much because you, I would look at myself and be like, oh, I know I can be better than this. And my health was impacted or affected actually. And I was like, oh, I can do better. I can be better and I will be better. And that's where confidence helped me by achieving what I knew I could achieve.
1: Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I would definitely say that overall, I think anyone who's been around you is like, oh, like the joy that exudes from you is very natural. And that's where that beautiful big smile everyone talks about comes from. So, (laughs) oh, I wish I could screenshot this (laughs) and somehow (laughs) (laughs) encode that onto our podcast because you need, people need to see that smile. Um, so for those who may be inspired that if we, you know, get to be able to put this in there, um, what is your Instagram, the one you use to inspire people based off of your own weight loss journey?
2: My Instagram is fitbushman and, uh, yeah, I walk you a little bit through my journey of, uh, in my weight loss. So yeah, I just try to encourage others and motivate them and also give them the confidence that they need that you can do it.
1: So fit Bushman, is there any underscores or dots or anything Good in question. that? Let me check. <laughs> I feel like there might be. That's why I'm asking. You're right. Like, there is, is.
2: Yeah. So underscore? it's fit underscore Bushman underscore.
1: See, this is why I'm hireable. I have an excellent you memory do. of the things I've seen. <laughs> I has to have seen it. If I've heard it, it might get a little skewed because, yes. you know, the ADD gets in the way. So just as a... Update, since recording these interviews, which was about nine months ago, um, maybe just a little bit longer, Obed's new grand total of weight loss, um, his text to me says 225 pounds gone, exclamation point. Just in general with your profession, um, do you think confidence plays a factor in what you do for a living? or even how you decided to do what you do for a living?
3: Um, Yes, confidence plays a factor um, because people's lives, okay. If you choked in a room and we're in a room together and you choked and you have less than maybe 30 seconds Before you're a brain dead or your airway is completely lodged where you're going to die or pass away, you want a confident individual, calm, confident, and collected. Boom, 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 boom. boom. Let's get through this to get her back with us. And so uh, it's always been important to me to be confident uh, in that area so that I don't play with someone's life when they need me. And uh, so, yes. Confidence is very important uh, for my line of work. Um, And even if someone's life is not on the line, confidence is important because people need to understand I know what I'm doing um, when I'm helping them or they won't fully accept it. So, I shouldn't be overconfident, but I should be confident enough to allay their fears
1: and can you tell us what you exactly what it is you do for a living in your profession
3: uh sure i am a psychiatric nurse um and I also do geral, geral nursing uh geriatric nursing, and that's for like older adults um, so I'm constantly in front of or in in the care for thirty or forty people every day so
1: and do you work mostly with inpatient or is it both inpatient and outpatient
3: um it's it's inpatient it's a locked uh, secure unit
1: so I could imagine thinking about confidence being a form of trust that it would be extremely important and also if you're you know i'm thinking trustworthy then also makes you a stabilizing force in their life which they i'm assuming would very much so rely on a need um so their level of confidence in you would be probably crucial to you being a success in what you're doing with them is that fair to say
3: yes and that's a that's a a great assessment um you're right if they don't believe that i can you know help them i can be there for them um if and because of their mental issues if they don't believe i have authority over them um they would easily buck that 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 thing, that authority, and go back and fall deeper into maybe schizophrenia, paranoia, and things like that. So they need to see me as a helper, um, as an authoritarian, as a friend, um, as good counsel, um, and a protection. They need to see fairness with me. I can't be impartial to, you know, maybe some of the care aides that are under me who are taking care of them. If I witness them being mean to them, I need to jump in with the same with the same energy that I would give them if they were assaulting somebody, you know, like, hey, no, stop. You know, this is our friend. This is, you know, why are you talking to them like that? Why are you doing them like that? And so I need to be confident in all areas uh, so that they are confident and being my patient, so
1: you're projecting your confidence onto them, basically as well as yeah. providing them someone's trustworthy and stable
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's cool. I know how much effort and um you know work you've put into achieving what you've achieved thus far, and by what I can see, you haven't achieved everything you want to achieve, so. Tell me how confidence has played a factor, a, you know, a role in you becoming the electrician that you are now. Did you always want to be an electrician? Um, how do you think confidence has has directed those choices?
4: Directed those choices? Um,
1: or has it directed those choices? I wouldn't necessarily I say
4: that it has directed those choices, but I will say that my journey as being an electrician has built more confidence, but not in the typical way that you would think, well, you know, some people who are just successful in their career are just confident just because they're successful. But to me being an electrician, you know, when I was a project manager and, uh, things unraveled, I ended up getting laid off at probably the worst possible time. I just went back to picking up the tools and I was able to put food on the table for myself just by doing something at somebody's house that they needed done. And, you know, a lot of times, like I was saying, confidence is like a journey because you're never at the same point in life all the time. So, you know, sometimes a normally confident person, if pressed enough, they might look and be like, oh my goodness, all the walls are closing in, water's le- leaking on the floors, uh, it's a windstorm outside, like, uh, it's going down, it's all going down. And the next thing you know, you're literally in this bed of opportunity because you're like, something has to change, right? I can never be here again or I could never do this again. Um, so, you know, tying back to the original question, being an electrician and, and and then also losing that job, that comfort zone at that time, and being like, feeling like, oh my goodness, this is like the worst possible thing. Uh, because I still had, I had duties, I had responsibilities that I needed to tend to, and this was really the first time I had been in that position. So. You know, being able to pick up the tools and uh, going to work—that was everything. It's a great confidence comp- builder.
1: So you, so you think? Oh, I was gonna say, think, you just answered it. So you, you think that that actually helps build your confidence? You don't think it was your confidence that helped you get through that? No,
4: my confidence came in knowing that I could do it, yeah, even though I had never done it before
1: you would agree that confidence is in fact a factor in what you do and you described it in a sense of like your your clients your patients um trusting you
5: yeah so once again it's still only a perception so it's the client or the the client's perception that i'm confident in what i do whether that's true or not is then another thing but yes it is a factor
1: Okay, so my question to you was, how can you tell the rest of us how to get a job we're not technically qualified for?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be writing a book about that, and um, it's coming to a store here <laughs> on uh, Amazon Prime Books or whatever. Should so I'll be on the lookout for that.
1: Because I'm just thinking, if you had the confidence to get that job, and you really didn't know enough about it, I need. To understand?
2: Well, to put it simply, um, I'm, I, I learn more on the job than I've ever learned in school myself. So I just learn things while I'm doing them. Um, when they say practice makes perfect, I think that's me. I just have to get my hand on something and then just do it for me to fully grasp the full depth of it, basically. So
1: I am the same way. And that's a lot of what spurred this episode for me is because through this whole process of me, like, trying to switch what I'm currently doing to doing something else, there's this thing that I have in me that's like, I can do absolutely anything I want to. Like, I've never, I mean, I've failed at plenty, but I mean, the things that have really been important to me, I've figured them out. Like, that's just in me. It's just something I have. And I don't know if it's this lack of humility where I refuse to fail. I don't know what it's connected to, but... I actually don't think that's any... lack of
2: humility. I think that's confidence right there. Refusing to fail is confidence at its purest form. I think that's the fire okay, of it, but on the flip so side.
1: On the flip side, I keep thinking like, who's going to want to hire me? Who's going to want to like, I need skills. I need this. I need that. Like I've never really like interviewed for a job and received it. Um, I've never really applied for uh, too many jobs in my life. A lot of stuff I've done up till now I've kind of fell into. So there's a serious lack of confidence within me about this whole process. And that's why like, uh, I'm I'm with you as far as like, I learn a lot more on the job. So at the end of the day, I know I would be an asset to absolutely anyone who hires me. It's just how do I get from knowing that to communicating that? And that's where I severely lack confidence, you know, but.
2: So my confidence, you know, confidence booster yes. of the day for you, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, I was going to say, write that book real quick. <laughs> last,
2: last <night>. <laughs> <laughs> My yes, confidence, confidence boost will for me. you. Just tell yourself, why wouldn't they want to hire me? I'm amazing. I'm awesome. Whatever it is that they give me, if I don't know it, <clears throat> I'll figure it out. Yesterday, I watched this movie, The Pursuit of Happiness. And man, mm, oh man. I
1: love that That movie. was
2: confidence at its purest form also. I loved it. When he was in the taxi cab with the CEO trying to figure out the Rubik's Cube, he had never done it before. He had tried, but he had never done it before. Confidence just inspired him that he was like, I'm going to do this, and he did it. And that's what confidence, that's the fuel that confidence brings to people and in, in their lives. And that was quite inspirational.
1: You know, is that your first time seeing that movie? No, now? I've seen
2: it many of times, but each time I watched it, I, I, I like this kind okay. of movie yeah. that just make you believe not only in yourself but also in your abilities and also in others it just like inspire you basically and yeah
1: yeah no it's it is interesting and i'm i'm thankful on like a personal level that i'm doing this interview with you because it's like well maybe i actually do have more confidence than i realize like i said i don't think there's anyone that knows me that would think i don't have confidence um but celeste she's always said you're so courageous And I've had a few of my clients say, man, you're so brave. And I realize I am those things, but I don't, it doesn't mean I'm confident in doing them. I just, like, logically speaking, I know if I want this, I have to do this. Like, to me, that isn't confidence. I guess it's more in the courage department. Like, I'm brave enough to fail. So I'm willing to That
2: is a key point Um, there. Yep. I like that. And if there's anything that I want you to record and make sure to get over to the broadcast is that confidence is not the absence of self-doubt, is the ability that allows you to overcome those doubts.
1: Beautiful, I like it. It will make it in, I promise. Even if that's the only thing that makes it in. (laughs)
2: Make
1: it. <laughs> um so hey, let's go back to what we were discussing um so that you can move about your day because i know it's still technically morning but Otherwise. it's getting later in the day um so we were talking about your lowest moment of confidence you mentioned that first day of work um that you didn't know what you were doing but you continued at it for like a month was there anything else to that yes story?
2: so Now that I'm refreshing my memory here, so when I first moved to Seattle, actually, so it was my first time being on my own, out of my comfort zone with everything and absolutely everything in life. Uh, No family, no friends, no house, no job, no nothing. I was just new basically at everything I was doing. And that was a very, low point, i would say for when i needed the most confidence or when i was at the lowest and i think that's what actually shaped the rest of my life actually because when you're in that moment where you're completely out of your comfort zone i think once you make it through once you go through that phase you think you can just do anything and you think and you start believing more in yourself. At asking what it's like down there, or asking what it's like when it's dark, and I made it through. And again, it's like putting one brick after the other, after the next, and it just builds up your own confidence that whatever comes your way, you just stay calm and have the I can attitude, and then just power through.
1: Do you think that your tenacity to put one foot in front of the other even when you felt very much so in the dark do you think that you were able to do that because you had the confidence to begin with like you already had proof that you had what it takes you just were going through a moment or do you feel like there was a moment where you were like what am i doing why am i doing this like how is this ever going to get better do you think you learned what confidence was about in that moment
2: up to this point in my life, I think that was a turning point where I actually learned what confidence was and how it could impact me and my approach to life. I don't think I had quite figured out how to be confident until then. Um, I think that has really shaped me basically of, of for who I am today. Um, Actually, you asked a question that I wanted to answer, but I forgot what the question was. Now, Could you repeat the question again?
1: The one I just asked? Um, The question is, do you think that having the tenacity to put one foot in front of the other, do you think that that came from already possessing a certain level of confidence? Or was it that moment that taught you what confidence was? Very good, yes.
2: So I think that um, it was that phase of my life that taught me what confidence is and um, that your attitude or your confidence in yourself shapes how you approach things and how you view life in general. Um, yes, because you go through something and you don't even realize what you can or cannot do. Or Up to this point in my life, I wouldn't say I had experienced anything like that where I needed the confidence or that I was confident even in in myself that I thought I could pull through anything. So that has really taught me that, um, yeah, whatever it is, I might not know it, I might not be sure of myself, but I'm confident I can.
0: Ooh, so now we ask a juicy question. We're talking about, how confidence affects or plays into uh, interactions between men and women. So let's hear what Emma has to say.
1: When talking to someone you're attracted to, if you don't wanna answer this from a personal perspective, I know this has to come up in your therapy sessions. I know this comes up with your friends. So you can talk, you can answer it from a very general perspective if you'd like, Um, but how do you think confidence factors into, I guess, that like song and dance of like, does he like me? Do I like him? I find him cute. Um, Does he find me cute? You know, that kind of thing. So I would be interested in hearing um, your perspective on both, like whether or not you think it's even different for a man or a woman.
5: So thinking about confidence um, in terms of attraction, so that would be, once again, about yourself. So start internally. So if you are, don't have a good relationship with yourself, if you don't feel that you are good enough or look good enough or are good enough, then that will come across in terms of how you speak to someone else that you find attractive. Um, and even those questions that you put, like "Does he find me attractive or cute?" Even those questions can sometimes be quite persecutory and be really, really—it's um, quite scary in a way as well. Depending, they can be fun as well. Like, "Oh, he might find me cute," or they could be like, "I wonder what he's thinking about me." Oh my gosh, he looked at my dress. Maybe it's the wrong color. Um, whatever it might be, so it depends about your relationship with yourself. If you've gone out there with whatever you're wearing, knowing that it's not necessarily the most important thing then that will be the best thing but it is starts with the relationship you have with yourself how comfortable you are with yourself and that needs work first before every relationship um whatever relationship that might be whether it's dating someone whether it goes into marriage it's an internal thing rather than, what does that other person think about me? Hey, leave that person's world alone. That's, that's their own world to, to kind of think about where they are with things. Just stay in your own, stay in your own lane.
1: <laughs> so, based off of everything I've already heard from you during this interview and your answer to that question, you're saying, again, it gets down to, um, like, personal belief and perspective? Versus like actually having or not having confidence.
5: Yes. And remember our perception can be completely untrue. So what we oh, think sure. about ourselves could be completely nowhere near the truth. And, and that could be the problem in terms of how we then interact with other people. Even if that's a friendship or that is something more of a romantic friendship. It's going to be how we feel about ourselves first that's going to impact the rest, our thoughts, our beliefs, our narrative, our story.
1: I agree that we can generalize this into all relationships, but specifically, I do believe something happens in our brain when we're attracted to somebody. And Mm -hmm. I do think that that deserves slightly its own assessment. And... I, believe, I agree that what you're saying is true in a very general sense, but what do you think actually changes when attraction is involved? Do you think that attraction then basically, um, and this is kind of maybe what I heard from you it also could be just my own perspective, but um, do you think that once that attraction is introduced, that kind of magnifies maybe those negative beliefs we have or those positive beliefs on the flip side of it? Um,
5: Yeah so I agree it magnifies those thoughts just like with what you're saying Um, just because of what it means if you think about this just how we are we are basically people who will be attracted to others that's kind of inbuilt within us so that's very natural it's going to happen but it also there's there's a risk involved in that so once you're bonded and attached to someone there's a risk as well so there's something about that relationship that's very different but also the hormones that kind of pop off in the body and everything else that goes on in terms of attraction completely different to friendship however it's we still have the same kind of styles of attachment depending on where we're going into it's love just kind of changes what's released in our body and how we feel however we kind of do the same things with friends when we're going to attract people towards us um and we may act a little bit differently but the themes are near enough going to be the same because they'll be our narrative about ourselves will be present so there's something yes completely different about attraction because of just biologically what's happening within the body um but that's where the, once again come back to the relationship with yourself what are your what are your beliefs about yourself um and are they loud and really overpowering you know how loud are they it's not that anyone's not going to have them but how dominant are they and what kind of impact they have on what you go on to do whether you talk to someone or don't talk to the to someone whether you call them back or what you do is going to be once again your relationship with yourself and how you feel
1: yeah and I guess I'm thinking like two secure attached mint style people um who find each other attractive, who maybe have very healthy thoughts and unhealthy image, I feel like their concern about what the other person is thinking, I I just think back of like, you know, in the day, back in the day, when men actually saw something they wanted and went after it. Now they do this whole song and dance thing because they want to, like, make sure we're attracted to them or something. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't quite figured it all out. (laughs) But but yeah, it's like, things have changed. And I just, I think back in the day, like, guys, like, put a lot of effort into getting what they wanted. And rejection was not the factor, because men knew, I think, in some ways, right? I'm generalizing a whole lot here. But I do think in a lot of ways, men knew, like, first of all, they wanted what they wanted, but like they, they knew that, of course, a woman wanted a husband too. So, like, I feel like there was just this sense of, like, I'm going to go after this person. Like, they were not taught to fear rejection, I think. And now we're all so afraid of being rejected. And I think rejection goes hand in hand with confidence, which is why I'm, like, kind of harping this point. Um you know, because I I do think that even with two very secure people, um, once attraction's brought in, they may be doubting things they wouldn't have otherwise doubted. um, wow. Or, you know, and I think that's natural. It's part of the butterflies, right? Um, and, and there is nothing more validating, I think, than, I don't know if I should say like the fear of, because it's not really fear unless it is fear, but just like, Once you get that mutual, like, we both like each other, there's, that's a very relieving moment. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, all the dance and the, I don't want to come across too desperate, I don't, but I also don't want to come off disinterested and, like, what's the right balance because you don't know this person? Or maybe you do and you're too afraid to, like, mess up your friendship. Whatever the case is, Mm -hmm. there's so much that goes into that. And I think confidence plays a huge role because I think if you go into it, like, if this doesn't work, it doesn't work you could be thinking that the other person might not be, they might, it might be the worst thing for them if it doesn't work. But point is, I do think confidence matters because you'll be a little less afraid of rejection and you'll be a little more willing to be yourself. But maybe you don't see that as being a confidence factor.
5: So I see, I see it more in a, a spectrum. So if you think about the fear of rejection, there is not one single person who is human Um, unless they have sociopathic or other issues going on um, which we're not talking about in this conversation but but that will at some stage of that spectrum from it being intensely something that they can't tolerate and can't stand feeling rejected to oh that hurt oh that doesn't feel comfortable like that is something that is really on a spectrum we're all going to be there we're all going to think about that in some way or form. And just because a person might be secure in their attachment style, like you said, they're still going to have those doubts. And they're like, oh, are they going to call me? I don't know. This is really exciting. But it's almost like if you think about the volume of those thoughts, like are those sorts of dominating thoughts in that person's life? Are they being turned into something a bit more critical? Oh, this just, just, just backs up that you're not worth it. Or this backs up that you're just not lovable as a person. This backs up. So it depends how loud those thoughts are and on a spectrum, which is all to do with, you know, childhood experiences, things that you've been through, will be how much we deal with rejection. But we're all going to have be affected by it in some way or form um, because we're creatures that bond. We, You know, we we, we just we fall and we, we have bonds with people and that's very normal. It's what we do. So rejection's tough.
1: I agree because I think rejection could be an entire subject of an interview in and of itself because it's not necessarily the opposite of confidence, but it might be why we fear going into any situation. Um, it's not. I, sometimes I don't I, – I mean, rejection and failure go hand in hand. So I do think it's all very connected. Um, so I don't mean to, like, get into that because it is true. And I think there should be some fear of, I mean, if you're not fearing being rejected, how interested are you actually anyway? Um, So I do think there should be some, but like whether or not that rejection feels like rejection or just like this didn't work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you might want something so bad you don't want the other person to not feel the same way, but at the same time, um, and of course I'm solely speaking romantically, at the same time, like, if it's not going to work, it's not going to work. Like, why would you want that if it's not going to work? So, like, there's Mm -hmm. a very, like, level-headed way to, like, think about it. But at the same time, if you want it so bad, yeah, it's going to hurt. But to the point of, like, not having the confidence to even pursue it, um, that's, yeah. But, you know, I, sometimes you see, like, two very seemingly non-confident people, like, Let's say you're classically awkward, right? And they like, they find each other. So, did confidence play a factor into that? Or did their awkwardness just complement each other so much that they are now this adorable, cute little couple that are no longer awkward with each other because they figured it out? (laughs) Um, I don't know, but. that uh, might have been a uh, whole, whole it's, it's going into a
5: whole different thing, isn't it? like it's such a huge it's such a huge area of attraction and yeah it
1: really it really is um it really is. and I will tell you that in I think in both the interviews I did, they both feel passionately that confidence does factor in um greatly when being attracted to another person. Um, and then I, I think there's, obviously, there's a whole societal component to that, right? Like, who wants a man who's not confident? I know I don't. Um, but at the same time, are they just not confident talking to me? Or are they just, like, not confident in life? Like, And I don't know. But so n- Yeah, so now I have all these other things to think about, thanks to you. Um, no. <laughs> now my mind is like, wait. Is that true?
3: <laughs> I think confidence is helpful. Is it necessary? Mm-mm. I think it's helpful because if there's attraction, there's attraction. You know, um, I've seen guys with almost no confidence. Um, you know, <laughs> with with no or very little confidence that they can accomplish what they're setting out to do, get the job done. I mean, it's just, you know, this is what they look at Reggie. So,
1: <laughs> when you see someone who looks like they could use a little more confidence, what goes through your mind?
3: Um, I don't think of it that way. Um, I just kind of accept that that's who they are. Like. Um, I, I I don't think it's my place. Um, oh, you need more confidence because it is. Why, why not just not have it? That's a, that's okay.
1: So you don't think anything? It just is what it is, and that's it.
3: Yeah, no, I that that's that person.
1: Okay, I can respect that. Um, what about on the flip side if someone has too much confidence? Do you think anything about that? Like, what goes through your mind when you see that?
3: Probably the same thing that goes through everyone else's. Uh, like, oh, this this will end here. Like, I mean, like, I, I'll have a, a decent night. We'll be pleasant. And, and, you know, this, that, and the third. But we won't be best friends, you know, like, calling each other every day. It's just, you know,
1: When you see someone who you perceive as someone who could use more confidence, what kinds of things go through your mind?
2: Um, I like to picture it as the comfort zone, basically. I think people like to stay in their comfort zone because that's where they feel confident. Because they've done it before, and they're sure that they can do it. So. I like to tell people that, hey, if you stay in your comfort zone, it's cool cool and all, but to build your confidence, you have to get outside of your comfort zone because you'll never get good at something if you don't try it for like the first time. And the first time might be horrible, but just get out there, experience new things. The more you do something, the more you'll get confident and the more you have confidence in your ability to do it in yourself so uh, for me confidence is like a, a brick wall basically where you put one brick after the other and then you just build your confidence you just you're just not born well maybe some people are born like confident <laughs> or whatever but for most of us we have to like build our confidence over time over situations over um, over life basically and it's just one brick after the next so When I see people who could use a little boost of confidence, I just like to not only commend them, because commendation goes a long way when it comes to building confidence, but also just helping them to appreciate that, hey, we all have to put one brick after. Just take it one step at a time, basically. One thing after the next, and um, you'll get there.
1: So if you can't say anything to that person, what would you what would what would you think about that person?
2: What would I think about that person? What would I say to them?
1: What would you think about them? Like what would go through your mind if there's no way for you to actually communicate with this person in a way to build them up? Cuz I basically understood that you're saying if you see someone who could use more Confidence, you would do what you can to boost them up so that they can embody more confidence. In short, obviously, you said a lot more than that. But if you were witnessing the appearance of someone without confidence, but you had no way of actually reaching them to talk to them, what kinds of things would you think?
2: Hmm. Or start thinking, ay, ay, ay. And that person is a little bit more boost, a little bit more acceptance and approval of themselves that, um, uh, and understand it's not easy. It's not easy. Um, because it's also shaped based on how people were brought up or how they grew up. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, I, I'm not sure what happened to that person, but, um, it wouldn't hurt to validate themselves more, basically. That's what goes through my head.
1: It sounds like you have a bit of empathy towards them as well.
2: I actually do. I actually do because I think that without confidence, you cannot accomplish much. So I feel for people who don't have that self-assurance, basically, where I think that, ah. how do you go through life like doubting yourself so much, or just um, not being able to give yourself that boost that you need? Because again, confidence—I would even say self-confidence—is is is essential. And I say self-confidence because sometimes you expect others to believe in you or to give you that look of approval or confidence that you need, but I think it starts within yourself. I think that you have to be your own biggest fan and your own biggest cheerleader, your own biggest approver, basically. And that's where confidence sends from.
1: So in the flip of that, I'm sure that you witness plenty of people in your life who display lots of overconfidence or that uh, arrogant thing you mentioned earlier um what do you think of when you see that man or woman like what do you what goes through your mind when you see someone who who's displaying in your opinion too much confidence
2: I think it's detracting I think it's very um almost repulsive even I'll give you an example I had a boss who didn't know anything at all about what they were doing. And each time we will go in a meeting, he he would ask me, like, hey, Obey, what do you think about this or that? Like, he knew what he was asking me. And then I would give him an answer, and then he'd be like, oh, yep, 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 that's what I thought. That's what I thought. And I'm like, seriously, man, I'm like, like in such cases, the confidence or overconfidence is killing it, where it's just like, nobody likes to be in, uh, in, in a room or Friend with such persons who are just like overconfident, where it comes off as arrogant or like way too cocky, it's just it's a killer.
1: Do you also feel any empathy towards people who I do
2: not? <laughs> because if you're that overconfident in yourself, then why would I feel empathy for you? Empathy goes toward people who think less of themselves and who actually need it to be brought up to par with those uh, feelings and those people basically. So if you're overconfident or no, I don't have any sympathy or empathy for you at all. <laughs>
1: wow. <Well, laughs> um, <laughs> now we know. obey said. <laughs> don't come in here. <sighs> what happens if you see someone that you believe in your opinion could use more
4: confidence? Mm. I just wonder what path they're on. There are some people who that's a time period. There are some people who that's a lifetime. And there are some people who need to take all of yours to get theirs. So I just try to determine <laughs> which one of those trains it is.
1: When you are interacting with someone that you think could use more confidence? Like, do you say anything to encourage them? Do you just kind of walk away and say, man, they could have so much more? I mean, is there any thoughts that go through you your honest, mind when you interact with someone
4: with le- with less confidence? To be honest, I just I kind of just leave them be for the most part. I mean, what I will do is I'll give them useful suggestions, like maybe one or two. It really kind of depends on, like, uh, you know, where they're at. That's why I say it's train one two or three, you might have some people who have lack of confidence and they just need to be told and like very mildly directly directed. Like it takes nothing of you to be like, Hey, like for instance, I, I talked to this kid today, actually he's working as a landscaper and a bartender. And he's I think he got like a scene in math. He didn't want to do the electrical program. I'm like, dude, go do the electrical program. I gave him all the information that he needs. He's got a lack of confidence. It's not toxic. He's just young and he's just out there. So, you know, that's not toxic. That's just somebody who is, was just missing something very small. He's like, what? They do what? What happens? Wow, okay, yeah, I didn't know that. Write it down. Now, I might have to tell him that a few times. I've already had to tell him twice, actually. So now I'm to the point where I'm like eh. <laughs> <laughs> you know you can only do so much right so sometimes you just have to let people be where they are where they are and then you have to allow them to grow beyond whatever your original perception of them was
1: I would agree with that And on the opposite sense, do you have any particular thoughts that go through your mind when you see someone who has too much confidence, male or female? And I know it's probably really easy for you to identify men with too much because you work on construction sites, and I know that they are very heavily male-dominated. So I am positive you see a lot of overconfidence. And I think in some cases, overconfidence on the job in your line of work could potentially mean someone's life. So, I mean... I'm assuming that there's got to be something that goes through your mind when you see someone with too much confidence.
4: Yeah, but again, it's like too much confidence is a different genre. We're now in, we're in, we're in insecure. We're in, where did that come from? We're in, how was your childhood? We're in, if we're truly talking about somebody's spirit, the way that they are, the things that they're portraying, Sometimes that stuff goes back 5, 10, 15, 20 years to the point where it's a subconscious behavior for them. And that's where you look at the situation. You're like, okay, well, here's someone who's the opposite spectrum. They're overconfident and they're not backing it up. Or, you know, they're overconfident, but what that really means is something else. So um, I don't think there's anything... There is no such thing as overconfident. If you watch the Michael Jordan documentary that came out, The Last Dance, you come to find out on top of being a really good basketball player with an amazing work ethic, Jordan was actually talking major trash throughout his career. (laughs) So, sure, nobody likes a trash talker. But at the end of the day, all of his opponents, that's right, former enemies on the court respected his work ethic. They respected that he actually backed it up. So was Jordan overconfident or did he do what he said he was going to do? Even when he fell short, did he not work harder? He's consistent. I don't think that there's any, there's, there's no such thing as overconfidence.
1: You're saying that there's no such thing as overconfidence as long as it has a correlating value.
4: Absolutely. I've got a friend who just picked up one day and uh, moved out of the country. Didn't talk to a lot of people about it, just did it. There was (laughs) no room for people who didn't have confidence currency at all.
1: And I do think that people are insecure in situations like that, because like you said, if you can tangibly connect with somebody like by going out with them or whatever you know with 2020 hitting then you no longer have that it's true i think that that can ruin your ability because if you're really not a confident person or confident in that friendship or confident in that relationship then leaving would feel like an abandonment correct like it would it would feel like you're no longer going to have this person as your friend or it might make you feel like you were left out of the loop or something so yeah it's, I agree with you. You'd have to have only people with the confidence surrounding around you that have your same level could respect yeah. what you were doing. Absolutely. I appreciate your perspective and thank you. Um, so if someone had too much confidence, it would be someone who thinks they're confident but has nothing to show for it. That would equal too much confidence for you?
4: No, too
1: Okay. or just a co- that's just still a lack of confidence cuz don't don't you ever see people who like act like they can do absolutely anything but they have nothing to back it up yeah that's something else
4: if you're backing okay. up your trash talking if you're backing up even your mistakes if you're backing it up you can go out and do the wrong thing owning it is like owning it and having the ability to make things right that is a That's, that's it to me. But I'm talking about trash and people don't see you doing anything. They just start looking at you like, man, this guy's overconfident. He's not going to do anything.
1: Wouldn't you say that the extremely wealthy doctor who loves to do extreme sports because, you know, he has the money to no longer do boring sports, right? Like play basketball on a court. He likes to go strap on a weird snowboard and snowboard down backcountry hills and flies off a cliff and dies. Wouldn't you say he was full of confidence? I mean, wouldn't there be a point of his overconfidence stretching into actual stupidity? He was backing it up. He was out there on the, on the snow. He was, he was doing his thing, and he'd probably done it multiple times and lived. But one time he flies off the cliff and he dies. So wouldn't that technically be overconfidence?
0: i would be an accident. Okay. Okay, now here's the moment you've all been waiting for. Updates from our guest. So let's start with Obed, a.k.a. Rio's dad. So for those who have not listened to the prior episode, um, Obed was expecting his first child. His baby boy my nephew guys I might be partial but that baby is beautiful okay beautiful but anyways yes uh, when we first recorded this episode the confidence um, factor part 2 Obed was expecting his first child away from family living on the other side literally of the world in Australia And, you know, having to um, go through that, of course, with his wife, she's also a first-time mother. So um, how confidence, you know, helped him or would help him into this new journey of his life. So let's see how he's doing now that he's a father.
2: At the time of this recording, Rayo is actually nine months old. He has turned nine months yesterday, as a matter of fact. And as I've always said, things tend to work out quite nicely, more than expected. And uh, in relation to the confidence topic that we brushed on or that we touched on, I would say, um, I never feel like I was fully equipped or that I had everything that I needed at the time to be a father or successful father, whatever that is supposed to mean even. But uh, confidence has played a great role in the fact that we take it day by day, weeks by weeks and month by month and things have been working out just great actually. Um of course not everything is going a hundred percent as far as like his naps or what to feed him or even when he's having like allergic reaction to peanuts or to other seeds. But Confidence is helping in that sense that we might not have it all figured out, but we're confident that uh, we won't kill the kid and that he has survived so far in our care. So um, yeah, it's been great. It's been great as a father, as a as a friend, as a husband, and everything playing out um, nicely actually, so. Once again, it goes to show that uh, you might not have life figured out, but if you um, have the confidence that things will work out and that uh, you rely not only on yourself, but, um, well, not scratch that, but you think that you will do good and that you have that self assurance, things tend to work out.
0: Okay, so now we move on to Will. Um, As previously mentioned, uh, Will also got interviewed in the second episode of The Confidence Factor in um, season one. So if you have not, and for those of you who have not listened to it, I do encourage you to go back and listen. By far, one of my favorite episodes that we did, just hearing, you know, Will's, words and his experience. So I'll give you a little background. Um, Will caught COVID in 2020 from one of his patients. And in turn, that caused him, that caused him to um, have a a stroke. And um, the stroke did leave him with um, a loss of movement or mobility um, in the right side of his body so will he's a trooper and i really feel that he's a trooper so he's giving us an update on how he's doing so let's hear him out
3: hey jay hi care to explain listeners um just want to give a a quick update on uh, my progress so far um things are going well Uh, a lot of a lot of movement back uh, that I well, was was hoping to gain within this two-year period, so I'm happy for that. Um, still have a lot of support. Uh, still looking to give a lot of support where I can to uh, to anyone, to you guys, to the listeners, to Jay. Um, uh, that's that's I guess pretty much what I what I have to to update uh, sorry it's not a lot it's just uh slow progress beats no progress so uh things are coming along um i'm really uh glad that you guys are, are taking off over there with the care to explain podcast that's exciting uh congratulations jay and and everyone else i'm happy for you so um i hope things uh take off and do well and um All of the listeners, I hope you're well, too. Uh, Thank you guys for having interest uh, in my health, and I will talk to you guys later. Take care.
0: So on behalf of my co-host and myself, obviously, (laughs) I would like to say thank you for tuning in into another episode of our podcast, Care to Explain. This was a little different than usual, wasn't it? but still fun and we finally got to hear all these questions and you know an update on our guest and so once again want to say thank you to emma to obed to austin and to will thank you for your time thank you for your honesty thank you for being vulnerable and of course janea as well she did a great job right yeah i think she has a future in tv broadcasting reporting Get that confidence up there, girl. Get that job. (laughs) Anyways, thank you so much uh, to all of you guys for your support as well. It's always so appreciated. So, in closing fashion, I say merci. A la prochaine. Thank you. And see you next time.